cannot stand new year, new me. I just can't stand it. If you want to make a change in your life, do it now. Why wait? Welcome back to another episode of All or Nothing in Real Estate. I'm your host, Matt Smith, founder of All or Nothing in Real Estate. This podcast is a movement to give back to this industry that has given so much to me and my family. And guys, today we have a very, very special guest on this podcast. Um, I believe timing is crucial. I hear a lot of people making New Year's resolutions, whether it's health, business, financial, relationships, any aspect of life, there's a lot of people that are wanting to make 2024 their best year ever. And so I believe one of the foundations that I have found to set myself up for success and a lot of other successful people that I follow, mentors in my life, it all comes down to your health and your fitness first. So without further ado, I have one of the best coaches, trainers, I don't know what to call them, um, coaches and trainers for health and fitness space. Alec Cheplak with Cheplak Wellness. Welcome, man. Thanks for having me, man. I'm really uh, just grateful for you, what we've done the past eight months and the example you set for other people around you. Um, my mission every day is to contribute and make it possible for people to create a better experience in their personal and professional lives through health and fitness and take it from the back burner something that's been you know slid to the side and just put it as the guiding light like that's the standard that's the guiding light that's the fuel that carries us through our personal and professional lives it's just putting self first again dude 100 percent. like i was going through um it's right after the holidays right now as we're recording this and i was going through pictures um with my family so i'm, I'm a blessed to be a girl dad um two amazing little girls in my life and we we're looking back through pictures of them opening presents and videos and just the stuff that you do with family when you get to slow down and reflect um especially if you're busy um in life like like i tend to be and i was looking back through photos and not only was it amazing memories but there was also some times i'm like what in the hell was i thinking right like i was i was probably 45 pounds heavier than i am right now um, and some of those, like I, I was, <laughs> my daughter's like, who is that guy? Right. Like my six-year-old and I'm like, that, well, that's dad. Right. <laughs> um, and so it's just, it's just crazy to see, like, as soon as you said that it popped in my head is that I use the excuse while well, I'm busy, I'm focusing on my business. I have all these other priorities. I don't have time to eat healthy. I don't have time to work out. And I, all the excuses I've used them. And um, Alec has been someone that has helped me get those excuses to the side and continue on a path of longevity of making my health, my fitness, my wellness a priority. And it has impact at, impacted absolutely everything else in a positive way in my life. And so, Alec, let's let's dive into some of that. Tell people a little bit of, of who you are, your journey and how you've gotten some of this expertise that you've gotten over the years. Okay. So first I'll kind of talk about present day where we're at right now, rewind a little bit and then work my way back here. So Chet Black Live Wellness is a new startup company launched in April. And my father and I, some of you may know him, most of you probably know him by now, if you're in the real estate space, John Chet Black, he actually called me uh, one year ago on Christmas Eve. He had an idea and um, excuse me, his idea was to bring forward fitness and nutrition coaching for the top business leaders, top real estate professionals all across North America. So if you know my dad, you know that he 
makes decisions and works with people based off proven, tested, proven track records. And so between my wife and I, we have over 20 years combined experience in the fitness and nutrition space, learning from top Olympia coaches. Um, I taught National Academy of Sports Medicine in a formal classroom setting at Advanced Training Institute. I was responsible for kinesiology, anatomy and physiology, fitness, nutrition, um, exercise psychology. And we took this expertise and experience coaching people and we packaged it in a way that we could deliver it anywhere in the world with Wi-Fi and cell service. So since then, we've been able to impact and we're currently coaching over 70 of the top real estate professionals all across North America. And the reason we're going in this niche market instead of, you know, my past experience coaching bodybuilders or my past experience um, coaching athletes is because we see a need for this now more than ever in the real estate industry. And we see people who are super productive in their business, super highly committed human beings, their fathers, their mothers, their husbands, their wives, and they've just put themselves and their own health and fitness on the back burner. And so what we're doing is we're taking a look into the dynamic day-to-day -day lifestyle of these business professionals and how can we make it applicable and practical for them to actually prioritize health and fitness and play the long game instead of a lot of these short sprints that you see people doing, whether it's uh, New Year's resolution, which I have nothing against, or it's, you know, get in shape by their next birthday, these the short term goalposts people are setting. But how can we have the conversation of a mindset shift going from getting in really good shape really fast to getting in shape and staying in shape for the best the rest of our lives right and so that's kind of the dialogue shift we're having and that's what's showing up for you personally and a lot of our other clients in chet black wellness as well you know i love it and i, I love you sharing your your experience because it's um it's not like alec woke up one day and said hey man i think i want to um i want to read an article and teach people how to be healthy right um he's he's walked the walk he's he's competed himself he's helped bodybuilders he's helped people that um, were maybe in the beginning of their wellness journey and, and couldn't do a typical workout routine, like he's done it all. And so at whatever level you're at this podcast, the goal of this podcast, this show is to help you improve your health and wellness. Um, even if coaching isn't an option for you, we just hope you get value from this. And um, I know, I know Alec well enough to know that you will. Um, one of the things that Alec mentioned was um, New Year's resolutions. Um, and the, those of you that know me um, know that I cannot stand New Year, new me. I just can't stand it. I it just it's the mindset of the reason that New Year's resolutions don't work is because you have the mindset. Well, when I when it's I'll start on Monday. If you want to make a change in your life, do it now. Why wait? I think too many people find different excuses, or they wait for the conditions to be perfect. Or well, I'll 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 eat like shit through the holidays. And then I'll get on track in January one. Why, why waste 30, 45 days? Like it just, to me, that that's why I don't like new year, new me is because it gives people an excuse and an out not to put themselves first. And I, I, I've learned this firsthand when you put yourself first, you can help serve others at a much higher level. And I think it's just a false narrative out there of you have to wait for a new year to be a new you. You just don't be a new you when you want to be a new you choose to make a change and change it like it's a choice. And, and I think a lot of times people struggle with making a choice. They want to make the right choice. They want to make the wrong choice. And I think there's a great perspective shift that I can help people with. If you're struggling to make the choice of being making health and fitness, a priority in your life, not making a choice is still a choice. So you're making a choice, whether you make a choice or not, but if you don't make a choice to improve, 
or if you make a choice to wait or you don't make a choice at all, your choice is that your health is declining day in and day out. And so, like, I think longevity in life, there's just so many things that we're going to be able to unpack here. But I just think I wanted to really hit on that new year, new me is if you're having New Year's resolution, good for you. But I want to make sure the perspective shift for it to stick. Why wait until the new year? If you're hearing this today before the new year, start today. I have a really interesting statistic on this uh, new year resolution and the final six weeks closing out the year. 50 to 90% of people's annual weight gain happens within the last six weeks of the year. And the problem with the new year's resolutions is that the majority of people do not end up losing all of the weight. And the ones who do, do not end up sustaining that weight loss. So what happens is 50 to 90% of annual weight gain is in those final six weeks. People will either attempt to lose it or lose it and then gain it back again each year. So year over year, there's a compounding weight gain. And this is how people end up 20 pounds, 40 pounds, 60 pounds, 100 pounds plus overweight. It doesn't happen overnight. It happens year over year. And the mass majority of that weight gain is happening in those final six weeks of the year. Dude, that's that is a crazy stat. 50 to 90 percent in the last six weeks. And so um, I didn't have the stats, but that 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 adds stat- statistical data to to my to my rant there. Right. Is that I just think people. Yeah, man, that's crazy. So if you think about 50 percent of your weight gain is in the six weeks like that is I don't know the, the math, but that's like a tenth of the year. Right. And half of your weight that you gain two that's on the low end. Right. It could be 90 percent. That's just crazy. And then people do a New Year's resolution. And they haven't really thought through or made the habit change or haven't hired a coach like you don't have the accountability don't even sometimes don't even know where to start which will help with today and they just they last a week right and you can't lose that 50 percent of weight gain in a week it just it takes it takes consistency one of the things i learned from you on um, the very first time i heard you speak alec was a lot of people try to lose the weight quickly Right. Um, and I've, I've been one of those people. Um, I've, I've done the sprints. I've, I've done 75 hard four times. I've done the be super, super regimented, super, super strict, go all in and then completely fall off the cliff and then wake up one day and be like, holy shit, how did I get here? I got to start over again. Um, and what you've helped me coach me through is some sustainable um, life change, lifestyle changes that I've been going for about eight months now that has really had a huge impact. Um, but I think that there's just a lot of times where we struggle with as we're trying to lose that weight quickly, we think I need to, I need to lose 10 pounds in two weeks, right? Or I need to lose 20 pounds in three weeks or whatever, whatever, 30 pounds, 30 days, whatever the, the, the scheme is that people are trying. I think one of the perspective shifts you helped me with is that you didn't gain that weight overnight. How do you yeah. expect to lose it overnight? So this right? is- people have that false perception. This is what I always say is long-term problems require long-term solutions. We just talked about that statistic where it's year over year decline in our health and fitness. And so the conversation needs to shift from how can I lose all this weight in January to how can I nurture the solutions the same way I've nurtured the problems, Mm -hmm. which this overconsumption of food to the point of obesity didn't happen overnight. This overconsumption of drugs and alcohol to the point of addiction didn't happen overnight. This 
long-term stint of inactivity to the point of feeling fragile and weak or arthritis, osteoporosis, like all these things didn't happen overnight. And if they did, we may have realized, hey, this is a problem. I should probably fix this. And we may have been inspired or inclined to execute sooner. And so what happens is we wait for these problems to compile over months, years, decades, and lifetimes, then all of a sudden January 1st comes around and we're trying to solve a 20-year problem in the first month of the year. And so I'm not opposed to any influence, inspiration, or trigger that will actually move someone to take action. So I'm not opposed to January 1st inclining people to take action. What I'm opposed to is thinking that January is going to solve the problem because it's not. We have to consider the longevity of this problem and the longevity of our future and what solutions we're going to put in place where next year you don't have that same problem anymore. Dude. So good. So good. Um, and I think that it's a lot of people like this goes and people will hear me talk about this. If they've listened to this podcast for a while, they'll hear me talk about like it within success or anything is that I think a lot of people underestimate. So they overestimate what they can do in a day. And they underestimate what they can do in a year. And we want to make this massive change in a day. And I think there's two parts to it is that you can't, can you make improvements day over day? Absolutely. But the people that really win over time, they make small changes and compound that over time, whether that's health and fitness, whether that's your relationships, whether that's finances, it doesn't matter any aspect of your life. It's the compound effect. It's the tiny victories the small nuances day in and day out that you stack up on top of each other that produce the great results. So many people use the, I'll do it tomorrow excuse, right? Well, I'll work out tomorrow. Well, I ate one bad meal, so I'm going to eat shit the rest of the week. I'll start next. I'll start Monday Um, or whatever those excuses are that we have that we give to ourselves. And I'm not perfect. I, I, I fall guilty up to it all the time. That's where I learned all this stuff from is I I made these mistakes um, and still do. But I think it's so important that we realize that we as human beings are so susceptible to procrastination. And it's because we think we can make up for it tomorrow. You know what? I I have a a quote that will help people with this. And I say this to myself all the time. And it is remember tomorrow. So when I wake up tomorrow, am I going to be proud of myself for what's on my to-do list today? Or the first thing I'm going to be is like, holy shit, look at all this stuff I have to do because I didn't do my stuff yesterday. Now I have to do two workouts. Now I have to eat way less calories today because I fucked up yesterday. Right. And how many times in our life do we procrastinate because we think we can fix it tomorrow, but you can't fix it in a day. It takes, it takes tiny, tiny hinges. Like your dad says, tiny hinges, swing big doors. It's these small adjustments over time that make the large impact. And I think too many people want to make this big fad diet switch. They want to cut, they want to eat 500 calories a day, or they want to do these like 18 workouts a a week. And they they just want to do all this crazy nonsense that is not sustainable or susceptible for long-term health benefits. And so um, you have any, you have any thoughts on that? I do. So overwhelm, we know that overwhelm is the number one thing that stops people from taking action. And overwhelm is the number one thing that moves people to a place where even if they were already taking action, they've now burnt out and they're done. And so if we know that overwhelm is the number one limiting factor to constructive behavior and productive activities, then 
why are we looking for the most extreme restrictive approach possible when it comes to our health and fitness? The bar of entry is actually set so low. So there's tolerances. We're building tolerances through our behaviors. And so for someone who's completely inactive or very inconsistent with their exercise, for someone whose eating habits are all over the place, your tolerance is so low that it would only take a little bit of effort to experience a great result. And so like people are going to go from zero exercise to training twice a day, seven days a week. And think they're going to sustain that long term. And so what we do is never actually overwhelm our clients on day one. So if someone's currently inactive, we're starting with three days a week of strength training. And then people want to lose weight. They're going to go try and run and they're 100 pounds overweight. It's going to do massive damage to your ankles and knees. We're going to recommend that they do LISS zone two cardio. So a sustained low heart rate cardio. You could walk at an incline. You could walk on flat floor. You could even track 10K steps daily. Um, if someone has an issue with over-consuming food, we're not going to completely fast for three days. We're not going to just jump straight to intermittent fasting. Hey, look, if someone fasts for cultural or religious beliefs, I support that. I respect that 100%. But if you have a problem with over-consuming food, I'm not just going to completely stop eating. What we're going to do is find out what foods you're actually eating consistently and then control quantities. So like find a baseline amount of calories. And the problem is that people are massively underestimating how many calories they're consuming and massively overestimating how many calories they burn through exercise. And so that's where people get in this behavior of overcompensating where they're going to just, they overate. Now I'm going to go do two workouts in a day or I gained weight over the holidays. Now I'm going to go do the sauna and I'm going to run and I'm going to do a CrossFit class. I'm going to do all these things. And so not only do the numbers not make sense because it's really hard to out exercise your consumption of food, but also it doesn't make sense practically for someone who's currently not exercising to go overtrain their body like that. So it's really about setting a low bar of entry so that it's something you can start now and sustain three months, six months, 12 months down the road. 100%, 100%. Um, dude, there's so much there. And so I think I said at the end, the intro that we'll, we'll give some value to anyone, no matter what level they are at. Um, and so I think this is the beginner level, right, is how many people just don't know where to start. And so I say this all the time. And there's so many parallels in life, like success is success. I don't care if it's finances, business, health and fitness. It's the same stuff. Like, I love some of our conversations that we had at the very beginning. It's because as soon as like we would have a conversation and ask a question about something, you'd give me a very in-depth answer. And I'm like, well, that's just the same as business. It's just the same exact thing. I'm working on my relationship with my kids. It's the same thing. It's the same principles. We just have to apply it the same. And so one of the principles that I think holds true in any area of life for success is you can't manage what you don't measure. And how many of us accurately measure the fuel we feed our body on a daily basis? Not very many. And even the one, the slight few that do track, I've, I've been guilty of this, don't track accurately. And they'll try to tip the adjustment of the food. And then you're hurting no one but yourself. Like as an example, I'm a real estate coach. I'm a team leader. I coach agents on a daily basis. If you don't track your activity, I am handcuffed and cannot help you improve your results. 
because activity produces results. Activity plus skill equals production. And if you don't tell me what activities you have, I don't care what level of skills you have. I cannot help you improve. I can't, if you don't measure it, I can't help you manage it or improve it. And I think it's so important that step one and Alec, correct me if I'm wrong here, but step one is start tracking what fuel you, you feed your body. And let's build a baseline from there on that's too many calories. That's not enough calories. I need this macronutrient and this micronutrient, whatever it is, but you have to, your nutrition is crucial on what you're feeding your body. Anything, you, any thoughts on that? Yeah. Let's this, let's start here with someone who's currently doing nothing. Um, the first thing you can do is start to track calorie consumption. If you made zero dietary changes whatsoever right now, and you just started accurately tracking what you're consuming, you will know exactly why you're at the position you're at in your health and fitness, whether you're overweight or you're malnourished and feel tired, literally just start tracking your calories. I'm not eating that bad and I'm not eating that much are not accurate measurements of how many calories you're consuming. So download my fitness pal. I need to get like a, a an affiliate code or something because I, I don't get paid to tell you this one. Uh, but for free, dude, just go download my fitness pal. Start accurately tracking the food you're consuming and sustain that through 2024. And you get control over how much you're consuming. I guarantee you get control over your body weight. That's number one. Number two, start progressive overload in your strength training. And progressive overload can simply be defined as progressively increasing training stimulus over time. And so what that looks like is doing the exact same exercises week over week for the entire year of 2024. I know it doesn't sound fun or fancy or sexy. It's really boring. Do the exact same exercises week over week for the entire year and compare your progression of your reps, sets, weight, and ability to tolerate stress and recover from these exercises week over week. You can use a logbook. You can use one of many apps to track your progression. Literally look at your reps from last week and the weight you lifted last week. And then your program is to progress the performance week over week, month over month, year over year. So those two things control how much you're consuming and progressively increase your training intensity. And I guarantee you'll get better results than you've ever gotten in your life if you've never done these two things. Dude, so good. Um, so simple and anyone can do it, right? And so like, as an example, let's go super granular beginner is number one, just track the food you eat so you know where you're at, right? Um, and then you can make educated decisions from there. Um, just Google it, right? If you're not gonna hire Alex, just Google it, right? Like, here's what I'm doing and here's what the results were. How do I make it better? Um, and then second would be progressive overload. And I think a lot of people, um, the nutrition is, it speaks for itself, right? Calories are calories. Right. And, and so I think it's so important that we, we track that, but I, I've seen this, um, through a lot of people that have reached out to me seeing my journey. Right. Um, and they've said, well, Matt, I'm, I'm eating less food. Number one, it's not measurable. Right. And why quit fast food or I stopped drinking soda. Like that, you know what I mean? Like all of these things. And then they're like, and I'm running two miles a day. How come I'm not losing weight? And so um, I have my opinions, but you're way more knowledgeable on this. Um, the, the reason that progressive overload is prioritized over cardio, even for weight loss. Would you like to speak on that? 
Yeah. So we're going to prioritize progressive overload because it's one accurate metric that can show us a trend of an increase in lean body mass. And so basically what's going to happen is as your training progresses, your lean body mass is going to increase and it's going to look pretty parallel and pretty linear along the way. As you become more physically capable, you're body composition is going to improve. This is a trend that you'll see hand in hand and a metric we're going to use to increase or decrease food as well. And we can go more in depth on that of how progressive overload and actually tracking it can influence our decisions around nutrition. But I want to talk about why progressive overload is the most reliable way to lose body fat and keep it off long term is because when we try to cardio our way to fat loss, we're relying on a calorie deficit, whether we decreased our food while taking this approach or we kept food the same and we just burned more calories through cardio what happens when we stop doing cardio our daily metabolic rate goes back to baseline without all the extra cardio now the opposite is also true for progressive strength training the more lean body mass you have the more calories you burn while at rest so I'll say it again, the more lean body mass you have, the more calories you burn while at rest. So if you improve body composition and increase lean body mass, that day when you stop lifting weights at the gym, you're still going to have a higher calorie burn because you have more muscle on your body. Where if you're relying solely on cardio, the day you stop doing that cardio, your calorie burn is going to decrease significantly because that's been your main deciding factor on whether you are in a calorie deficit or not. So the real reliable long-term weight loss is going to happen, number one, through controlled nutrition because it's not going to happen without being in a calorie deficit. But number two is actually improving your body composition so you burn more ca calories while at rest. 100%. Um, so you can't, um, something that I've heard say, like said before, and I've said to other people, you can't out cardio a bad diet, right? You just can't. Um, can you short term? Sure. But over time, eventually, it's something's got to give. Um, and I think that a lot of people fall for this as soon as they have this New Year's resolution, they have this, uh, this adjustment that, hey, I'm ready to make this shift. I'm ready to lose weight. There's lose weight isn't interesting. I'm going to, I'm going to come back to that. I put a pin in that um, because people really don't want to lose weight. That's not what they want to lose. Um, but I think people immediately, as soon as they say, Hey, I want to lose weight is they go to, all right, I got to do cardio. I got to do cardio. I got to do cardio. And I think cardio is, there's nothing wrong with cardio. And I think it's a part of the process, but it doesn't replace everything else. And I think a lot of people, especially like I, I struggle uh, with this conversation with my own wife and, and, and it's, she wants to, um, she wants to get in better shape, which I love it. I love everyone wanting to be healthier, but it's not about losing weight. We'd had this conversation two days ago. Um, she's literally in the process. She just started working out again. She's tracking what she's eating. She's doing the cold plunge with me now, like, like so, so proud of her. But one of the things that I helped her with is she said, well, I, I lost two pounds. I said, awesome. That's, that's amazing. Great job. She said, I need to lose more weight. And I said, Are, do you really want to lose more weight or do you want to lose more fat? Right. And I think there's a big mindset shift for me personally. And I saw it in her as well, is that I don't necessarily need to lose weight. I need to lose fat because I want to look differently. I want to perform better. I want to feel better. And it's not about weight because you have water weight fluctuations. You have all this stuff that I don't understand the science of. I've just went through it. That maybe you can walk people through is that it's not necessarily the goal shouldn't be to lose weight. 
the goal should be to look better, feel better. And if you put nutrition first and the progressive overload in your strength, all that stuff happens naturally. Like I'll speak for myself. I'm eating 3,400 calories a day right now. I just lost weight over Christmas, right? Like because of this journey over the last eight months that I've been on before, if I would ate 3,400 calories, the scale goes up three pounds, right? Like, but it's because I've trusted this process and I've built this muscle and built this tissue that my body is reacting differently. Yeah, I love that. So there's a lot of thought provoking conversation happening for me right now. And I can compartmentalize it and break it down into phases of what to expect during what phases, where you're at in your fitness journey. And I can pretty much map out the next year for you. If you're general population, if you're where most people are in their health and fitness right now, let's break it down. So most people who start on January 1st do have a weight loss goal, statistically showing that most people are overweight um, in America. I know a lot of people hearing this right now want to lose weight in the new year. Um, it's not necessarily that the scale is the number one metric for success. Like Matt said, I'll actually break down like a list of metrics you can track where weight is just one piece of the puzzle um, because that's all it is. And again, cardio is one piece of the puzzle. It's a whole dynamic lifestyle. And so I'll break that down too. Um, where I want to go first is understanding different phases throughout your lifestyle and being able to compartmentalize things, knowing there's an appropriate time and a place for different approaches. And there's appropriate time and a place for different experiences because you can't expect to stay in one way of behavior and get a new outcome or result that you haven't experienced before in the past. And so basically what happens first is people are overweight. And so what we'll do is we'll go through a fat loss phase. And there's basically three different approaches we take with nutrition and dieting phases. The first most common one is a fat loss phase. And this is people who are overweight or out of shape, and they want to get back down to an older, leaner, more athletic version of themselves. Um, another scenario is say that someone has lost the weight and they're happy. They've achieved the position they want to be in. They've achieved the body composition they want to be in. I'm happy here. I want to live here. We would consider this a maintenance phase. And then the third scenario, which is by far my favorite scenario, because this is where I've seen clients change their lives and change their physiques, change their quality of life, their ability to eat more food year over year is reverse dieting. And this is where I believe the majority of us should spend the majority of our time. And if you've never done it, it can sound scary and it can be overwhelming. So I want to break it down with a fat loss phase. We should still prioritize progressive strength training as our guiding light. And we should be mindful that losing weight really fast is not our guiding light because it's going to decrease our ability to perform and recover from our strength training. So what we do is we look for trends over time. The trend we want to see with weight loss and what studies have suggested is that 1% of body weight loss per week is considered enjoyable, sustainable, optimal. This is very slow, steady fat loss. So I hate to break it to you guys that are that are saying, I'm going to lose 30 pounds in 30 days in January, which some of you may, but let me know how that goes for you in February and March, because you're either going to gain all of it or the majority of it back. Some people may gain even extra weight back. So the reason we're going to have this conversation of 1% of body weight lost per week is because that's one metric and that's one 
you know, tool we're going to use for success. But whenever you go faster than that, you risk actually decreasing your performance in your strength training. And remember, we said there's going to be a parallel progression between your strength training and your increase in lean body mass. So if you're just pulling your calories super low or putting your cardio super high and now you're tracking your strength training and noticing yourself getting weaker, but oh, I lost 3% of body weight this week. Okay, well, good luck keeping that weight off when you get there. So what we want to do is give you as much food as possible while still losing 1% of body weight per week. And so what that looks like is, yes, we have to eat in a calorie deficit in order to lose weight, but it doesn't need to be such a steep deficit that it basically shits on our performance. So I want to see you can if you're in a position where you have a lot of extra body fat and especially in a position where you're currently inactive, you can for sure see an increase in performance even while losing weight. You have stored adipose fat tissue for energy. You, you Your body's sensitive to stimulus, so you're going to get newbie gains. Like this first three to six months of the year, depending how much weight you have to lose, say if you're a 200-pound person and you want to lose you know, 24 pounds, that's two pounds lost per week for the first 12 weeks of the year. That's realistic commitment right there. So you're not losing 30 pounds in 30 days. You're losing 24 pounds over the first 12 weeks of the year. Then you have to shift your mindset and conversation from weight loss, because remember, we're in a calorie deficit to look and feel better at a certain point in time. After too long of a duration in a calorie deficit, you are going to look and feel worse. So now you become malnourished. So what we need to do is spend the required amount of time in as small of a calorie deficit as possible while still losing 1% of body weight per week. Then once we get there, we need to have the conversation of one, how can I keep this weight off? Or two, which I really suggest is how can I improve my body composition from here? How can I build more muscle while minimizing excessive body fat gain? How can I improve the shape and structure of my body, more muscle here, more tissue there? That's when you need to start having a conversation of reverse dieting. Now, typically what I recommend and what Matt is experiencing for the first time in his life right now has been a process for us is immediately going into a reverse diet at the conclusion of your fat loss phase. And so now we're compartmentalizing the whole year into phases. So if we've talked about this 24 pound fat loss at 1% of body weight loss per week for the first 12 weeks. Now I recommend that you stay in a reverse dieting phase for a minimum double the amount of time that you spent in a fat loss phase. So now you spent three months in your fat loss phase. We're spending six months in a reverse dieting phase. That's already nine months of your year planned out, man. Yep. Let me know the difference in success rate from someone who does 30 pounds in 30 days and someone who does the next nine months of structured programming. Let me know the difference next, next holiday season, check out how Matt Smith looks and check out how that person looks who did the 30 pounds in 30 days. Let me yeah, know. And, and, and dude, that's so good. And I've been the guy at 30 pounds in 30 days. I've been that right. And I've had amazing results with programs like 75 hard where I go all in like this podcast is called all called all or nothing. That's my mindset that has helped me become who I am today. Um, and it's, and I think that I, I just, whenever I do something, I do it full out, right? I don't play half-ass. And so um, where where I allowed myself to fall into that trap of 
I know that I can go all out and fix my shitty diet. I can fix my going out and partying all, all weekend. I can, I can fix that by just going all in the next week. What I've realized through this journey is that I'm not perfect, but I got a plan. And as long as I stick to the plan, the majority of the time I get great results. And what is crazy is that like, we just keep adding food to me and my body keeps looking better. It just, it's, it's, I've never experienced that before. And so if you're someone that has went through, which I know a lot of people do, right? You have these fad diets, you have these, Hey, I lost a lot of weight. I'm happy with how I look. And then we go back to the same shitty habits we used to have. I'm guilty. Right. Um, and I think, and I think a lot of people get scared, including myself. Well, I was just so strict on this diet. I was so strict on this plan. I want to enjoy and have like, I want to celebrate. Right. And I think too many times that celebration lasts too long. And I think true celebration is realizing that you did that for a reason, right? You did that for your family. You did that for your health. You did that for your fitness. You did that for whatever. Maybe you've got like I've talked to people that have had health issues and they've went on a weight loss journey and now their health issues have disappeared. Right. And so I love like your guys's program is called Chep Like Live Wellness. It's about living a better life. And I think there's just a lot of, there's a lot of things I could unpack there, but there's one thing before I go too far deep. Um, I want to, I want to really slow down on. <clears throat> and so I think some people interpret, I did this fat loss phase and now I want to, you, now I still have to be very strict on the diet and I still have to do this and I still have to do that. Some people being me, I'm like, damn it, Alec. Like I just, I worked my ass off to get this. Now I have to be, I still have to be restrictive here. I still have to do this here. And, but what I realized is that I'm, I'm the sandbox that I'm playing within is expanding. Right. And I have more freedom. I can basically eat whatever I want to eat right now. Your calories are so high, bro. You can never right. complain. You're 3,400 calories a day. There's not a thing on earth you couldn't eat, bro. And that's fit right. in those calories. 100%. But you've but earned took, that. You've earned right. that. There you go. There you've we go. You've earned that. That's where people miss the mark. So I want to piggyback on what you were saying without interrupting, but I get hyped up. Go I get it. fired up about this. So the first thing is like people have a hard time distingu distinguishing the difference between celebration and self-sabotage. Mm. It is like walking on a tightrope. There is a very thin line between celebration and self-sabotage. So typically what happens is we work so hard to change our behaviors for the better because we never want to feel that way ever again. And then the first thing we do when we reach our first milestone is to quote unquote celebrate by going back to the same bullshit behaviors that we worked so hard to get away from in the first place. That's not celebration. It's called self-sabotage. And so what I would encourage people to do with this mindset shift is you don't need to be perfect. We're all going to self-sabotage. We make our lives harder than external circumstances ever do. So true. I mean, for, I mean, for real, that's if we're being quite frank with ourselves. But what I would do, like you said, is shorten that time interval of self-sabotage and have either external accountability with a coach or mentor, or you damn sure better have the mirror for self accountability and say, Hey, remember, this is what you work so hard to get away from. What are you doing? And then you don't need to overcompensate. That's the overcompensation. Go back to what was already working for you in the first place. So that's my two cents there. Dude, I um, love it. And then the second part is 
you're saying things that sound crazy and foreign to people because diet culture is all about restriction and elimination. And now you're saying I'm eating more food and I'm looking better. And so it's just a, it's a conversation 90% of people have never had with self. Number one is because the majority of people are overweight. So the knee jerk reaction is to eat less and lose weight, which may be necessary, like straight up that I just programmed it. Those first three months of the year, year, you may need to focus on fat loss. Yep. Like I'm not going to start reverse dieting someone if they're 50 pounds overweight, we're never going to have that conversation. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. But once you lose the weight, now what? Okay. You got the perfect fat loss plan. Okay. You got the perfect new year's resolution and you're just looking at the finish line. I'm going to lose 50 pounds. What's next. What are you going to do after you lose the weight? How are you going to keep the weight off? How are you going to put yourself in position where life is enjoyable? Because there's going to be a lot of times in that 50 pound weight loss journey where life feels less than enjoyable. It doesn't feel good to be hungry. I mean, it's, it's hard work. It's difficult. And so that's where we bring forward this conversation of a reverse diet and people hear reverse diet and they're like, okay, cool. He's eating more. He looks better, but, but how do I do it? Like, what do you mean reverse diet? What I mean is Slow, steady, progressive 10% calorie increases over time based off data and metrics that indicate it's time for us to increase food again. It doesn't sound fun or sexy, I know, and it's not. And there's going to be days where eventually your calories will get so high that you don't want to eat, but it's time to eat again. And that comes with the territory. And you know what is even less exciting and fun about reverse dieting is that I'm expecting you to do it for a minimum double the amount of time of your fat loss phase. So here's the problem with reverse dieting. Number one, most people don't know it exists or how to. And number two, once they get guided in that direction, if they've never experienced it before, it's like watching grass grow. And so it's like there's growing pains here because muscular development happens much slower than weight loss. And so people say these things like, I want to improve body composition. I don't care about scale weight or I do, but in a fat loss phase, I mean, you're not going to outbuild the muscle at the rate of your fat loss. So you are going to have to see a decline in scale weight in your fat loss phase, especially if you have 50 pounds of extra body fat, you're not going to just replace that 50 pounds of fat with 50 pounds of muscle. I mean, the muscle gain is going to happen way slower than that 50 pounds is going to come off, even at 1% loss per week. So how are we going to do a reverse diet? What we're going to do is find your, I call it stage weight, because this is something, this is how I have like bodybuilding clients who year over year bring a much better improved physique to the stage. People call it an off season or stuff, but this applies to regular human beings, general population, business leaders. All of us. So what a reverse diet, how that's going to look is we're going to have your leanest weight. So what was your lowest weight, Matt? Uh, 174. You're 174. And and what's your weight right now? Uh, 194. 194. So you're about 11, 12% over your leanest weight right now, Um, which is not bad. I it's almost textbook. Perfect. What I would like people to do is target staying within 10% of their leanest weight. So uh, that gives you about 17 pounds of weight gain room. And what were you 172? So about like three or four pounds lighter than you are now would be ideal for your top weight, because what's going to happen is between fat loss phases, you're going to reverse diet up. Um, And what's going to happen is we're going to see a slow, steady increase in body weight over time. We want to do it slow where you're not gaining more than one pound per week. So you go from where your lowest calories were at in your fat loss phase 
say that you were, I'm just giving an example. Say you're eating 1500 calories in your fat loss phase. And now we're going to start a reverse diet. We don't just go eat anything and everything. We change your diet to 1650 calories. So we went from 1500, we added 10% of that, which would be 150 calories. Now you're at 1650 calories. We watch your weight every day and every week. And we look for one pound of body weight or less gained per week because it's going to be body fat and muscle. Like you're not going to just gain muscle that fast. Then over time, when your weight starts to plateau, or like Matt Smith said, I just lost weight over the holidays, your weight dips down, that would be the appropriate time for another 10% calories increase. And then you're going to keep your calories. So now we're at 1650. We add another 160 calories. Um, what's the math there? Like 1810 or something like that. Now we're 1800 calories. And then we're going to see this little progression in our body weight. We're going to see our strength get stronger in the gym. And then all of a sudden our weight's going to plateau. And then we're going to see a dip in our weight. Our weight's going to go down again. Now we're going to add another 10%. Now we're at 2000 calories. And so this is how I've taken Matt Smith, for example, from, you know, 1500 ish calories, low end um, to now over 3,400 calories over months on end is through progressively increasing calories by 10% over time, using body weight trends as an indicator and performance trends as an indicator of when to increase food and when to decrease food. Now, this is how I've taken people, women who started at 1500 calories, and now they're at now women are at 3000 calories a day and in better shape than they were at 1500 calories. What we're doing is slow, steady, progressive overload with our strength training, slow, steady, 10% increases to calories over time and minimizing excessive body fat gain. That's it. That's the entire scenario here. And if you can commit to this for minimum double the amount of time that it took you to lose the weight, the next time you go back into your fat loss phase, one, not only will you have less body fat to lose this time, but two, you'll be starting at way higher calories, which makes your fat loss phase way easier because you're going to lose weight on more food. And three, you're going to have more muscle. So once you lose the weight, your physique is going to look massively improved. So this is the that's the magic secret sauce people are looking for. Eat more food and get stronger for a long period of time, but no one wants to hear that. <laughs> so, dude, there's a couple of things I want to I want to pinpoint on my one thing on my journey, and then I want to talk about um, the myth of why well, I don't want to look too muscular, right? Um, so I I hear that a lot, um, but then I will also um, I want to talk about so my journey. So my reverse diet phase um, has been far from perfect. Um, I've never done it before, um, and so like part of part of the process was just me getting my head around it and understanding it. Um, and then part of it was also like, um, it's not an excuse. It's just, it is what it is. Like there was a travel span this year that I was home for two days in the period of 30 days. Um, You're just a celebrity so, speaker, dude. You're like the man <laughs> this year. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. It was, I was very fortunate. It was, re it was really fun. Um, but the, uh, but it's, it was, it was really, really hard to stay on track both with nutrition um, when you're, when you're traveling, um, it's just, it's tough, right. When you're staying at hotels, it's it just, it's tough. And so there was times where like my, my whole reverse dieting hasn't been, it's been far from perfect, right? Like I gained more fat than I probably should have gained. However, I'm still seeing the results of the process, even though I kind of cheated a little bit and I didn't, you know, I didn't do it perfectly. Um, and so I just think that it's really important that we just understand that like, take it from me. Like, this isn't just something Alec is saying, this is reality. Like I'm living it and it's real. Um, and I, I'm really excited for our next, uh, next 
fat loss phase to kind of see see the results and see the the work um, come to fruition. Stay tuned for that, guys. Oh, it's gonna um, be excited. sick. Yeah, I'm excited for it. Um, but I want to talk about, and I hear this, and I don't mean to like uh, separate the men from the women, but I hear this from women a lot, right? Is that, well, I don't want, you talk about building muscle. I don't want to look muscular. I don't want to be too muscular. And I hear from some guys too. Um, but I just, I would like to hear from you, Alec, on the, how to build muscle, how long it actually takes. And that myth that we hear from people when they say like a woman going into reverse dieting, like the her, first thing that I hear is people saying, well, I don't want to look, I don't want to look like a bodybuilder. What do you say to those people? Okay. So I want to separate that into two categories because I hear like the gender thing aside, I hear men also say this. I don't want to get, they'll say, I don't want to get like a bodybuilder or I don't want to get too big or I don't, or they'll be like, I don't want to look like you. And saying that I don't want to lift weights because I don't want to get too muscular is like saying, I don't want to get a driver's license because I don't want to race NASCAR. Don't worry. It's not that easy. You won't accidentally become the next, the next Jeff Gordon. I like, dude, I love it, dude. I've been trying to get too big for 11 years and I'm still not that big. So it's not that easy guys. I promise. So it's not going to accidentally happen. I promise you that that's number one. Number two on the women's side of things. I think as a man, we can't relate and women can. Mm. So you need to find a strong woman leader in your life, in your health and fitness journey. I know one, my wife, yep. for example, we run Chet Black Wellness together. She is phenomenal. She's helping women in their 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s get in the best shape of their lives and completely change their mindset around progressive strength training and controlled nutrition. So my wife, for example, I coach my wife. And that was a whole learning curve there for us to get on the same page. I mean, dude, it's, there's, there's layers to it. It's a biased relationship. I work with my wife. So I understand. I relate. Dude, there was late. There was a lot of trust building is what we call it. Trust building for us to get to the point we're at now. And we are on the same page and we are laser beam. And so the conversation we had to have is, and, and now you can see it's proof. She's 41 years old, by the way. Go find her. It's uh, Shannon Lynn Fitness on Instagram or Shannon Lynn on Facebook. You can go to the Chat Black Live Wellness public Facebook group. I'm saying all this for you guys to hear it from the woman herself. I don't think it's my position or Matt's position to give the women advice here. Agreed. So go to my wife. Um, but she's 41 years old and she is in the best shape of her life, better than she was in her 30s, better than she was in her 20s. And you know how she's got there from progressive overload (laughs) and reverse dieting for extended periods of time. That's it. So same message I was delivering, but the biggest difference in the message is that she experienced different challenges. She experienced different pressure from society. She experienced different obstacles than me or Matt will ever be able to understand and relate to. So she'll be able to relate with you on a human being basis for all the women out there, especially in your forties, fifties, sixties, and your later, you know, middle age, it's time for you to hear the message from a woman who's been in your shoes and who is leading by example. So definitely go check that out. I love it. I absolutely love that. Um, dude, I want to, I want to go back to fat loss phase. I think that that speaks to, like you said, um, just in America as generalizations here, we are an overweight nation. Right. Um, and so I think that a lot of people with January one coming up, um, are focused on fat loss. Uh, so the fat loss phase, um, 
I think that there's some things that I learned from you during my fat loss phase, even though I've done it multiple times, that maybe could be some tips to help people yeah. uh, when they're in this journey. So I think that a lot of people have the, the myth or misperception when it comes to plateaus and fat loss phases. And what I've learned from you is it's a stair step. And I've learned like we haven't had this conversation, but I observe um, yeah. and and I I've I've learned that it's the all or nothing when you go in a fat loss phase doesn't work for a sustain for a long period of time. You yeah. have to stair step and you have to have when you hit that plateau, you got to have that next puzzle piece to be able to turn on in order to continue that trend going. I get the chills like I literally get the chills. You need to understand when to push and when to pull. You need to understand the ebbs and flows. So here's what's happening. What people don't realize is that during fat loss phases, we're using stimulus and stimulus shows up in the form of stress. And what I mean by that is strength training is a form of stress. It's intentional stress. Cardiovascular training can be a form of stress. It can cause stress buildup. A calorie deficit can be a form of stress. If you've ever been hungry, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you know, like these are these are forms of stress. And so what's happening is we're using intentional and controlled amounts and doses of stress to get a desired outcome. And our body responds to stress and it gives our body a reason to adapt. And stress is not something to hide away from. It's something to use as a tool. But we need to understand that our body is only going to respond well to stress when it's not in a fight or flight mode. And so when you compile so much stress so fast, your body is in fight or flight. Not only are you not going to be be able to digest well, you're not going to be able to train well, you're not going to have good energy in your day to day life. It's because you're putting too much stress on your plate at once. And so what we always do in fat loss phases is to use the least effective dose and leave room to increase over time. And so it could start with just three days a week of strength training for 45 to 60 minutes for a month. And then month two, go up to four days, then month three, go up to five days and then leave it there. They could start with tracking your steps, 10 K steps a day. You don't even need designated time for cardio. Just track your steps. If you're currently an eight K step walker, go up to 10 K. You see like, it's just progression. And then if you start to introduce a designated time for cardio, start with 30 minutes, five days a week of zone two cart rate and zone two heart rate. If you want to figure out how to get zone two heart rate, do the number 220 minus your age times 0.7 and that's going to be your zone two heart rate sustain that for 30 minutes leave room for progression if you want to have a diet for fat loss i would not encourage you to completely eliminate foods i would not encourage you to eliminate sugar eliminate carbs eliminate fats to go on a fast i would not encourage you to do any of these things i would encourage you to just get control over how much calories you're consuming if you're eating 2000 calories a day, for example, and your weight's staying the same, do a very small 10% calorie decrease. Now you're eating 1800 calories a day. Doesn't that sound a way more realistic than just not eating for three days or, or just completely eliminating carbs or just completely eliminating sugar? Dude, just control how much food you're eating and do small 10% decreases. So now here's an example. Say I train three days this week. Say I did 30 minutes of cardio five days a week and say I ate 1800 calories a day and I lost the 1% of weight. Cool. Okay. Now say the same thing happens again next week and I lost the 1% of weight. Now all of a sudden we're on week three 
and I didn't lose any weight. So the first two weeks, I lost the 1% body weight. And then that third week hit a plateau. Now we have options because we didn't throw the kitchen sink at it. So what I mean by is we have options is we're only training three days a week. We could add a fourth day and increase calorie burn or keep and not change cardio, not change diet, or say we're going to keep the three days a week. And we're going to go up to 40 minutes of cardio instead of 30, not change strength training, not change diet. Or say we're going to keep training and cardio the same. Now we're going to do another 10% calorie decrease. Now we're at 16, 20 calories. Now you have options. You're not backed up into a corner where you started with twice a day strength training, an hour of cardio, 500 calories, and then you hit a plateau. Then what? Then you're shit out of luck. You got nowhere to go. You used all your tools. You blew well, it. And, and, yeah. And then when you do that, like what happens is your body's in survival mode at that point. Like I've been there. Right. And then you're like, do that for a week. And you're like, this is ridiculous. Nothing's happening. You do it for two weeks and you just get frustrated. You get burned out. You piss, get pissed off and you quit. Right. Versus having a plan to where you can stair step your way towards your goal. Um, it was, it was a complete mindset shift to see, um, to see that through my journey. And then to, um, also see you coaching some other people that I know go through that and just hear their feedback. And um, it just, it makes so much sense. And this is coming from the guy that has a podcast called all or nothing. Like, trust me, I want you guys to work hard. I want you to put forth your full effort, but you also have to realize there comes a point in time where you can't do it all today. Right. And you have to have some leftover for tomorrow and then the next week and then the next week and the next week, and you have to be able to progress over time. And so I think that's a huge, huge myth. And that's why a lot of these fad diets, they work. And then they all of a sudden, the reverse effect is worse than when they started. Yeah. Well, here's what I would say. What if I'm the same personality as Matt? What if we're both all or nothing people, you know, but what I would encourage you guys to do, because I think the same way you do, bro, I'm the same way. I'm very extreme like that. So I don't disagree with, I love that message. That's me as a person. But what I've learned to do is attach this all in mentality to a minimum standard of daily activity that actually makes sense. Yes. So I do all in logically, not emotionally. So I look at logically what makes sense. And I go all in on that. If your daily minimum standard of activity that makes sense right now, that is the best choice for you is three days a week of strength training, 10 K steps a day and 1800 calories go all in on that. You could still be all in, but yeah. just do it in a way that makes sense. Right. Like we want to play the long game. You want to win forever. You don't just want to win in January. Right. That's right. Well, dude, that that's so good. Um, there's, there's a mindset shift that I had recently. I had a uh, Will Grimes on this podcast. Um, he's a great real estate agent, speaker, coach, all that. And um, he, he taught me something like I learned something from, from people every day. Like I'm a lifelong learner. I learned a lot just from this, from you, honestly, just today. Um, and one of the things that will taught me was a lot of times champions are defined, not how they, not by what they won, but how they show up after they won. After you win the week of your fat loss phase, how do you show up the next day? After you win your first target goal of your fat loss phase, how do you show up the next day? Are you celebrating too long? Are you, are you celebrating or are you self-sabotaging? Like right. Said. right. And I think that there's so much to that that people can relate to. Um, man, um, we got, I'm running out of time here. I've got another meeting, but I want to wrap up on something, probably the greatest lesson of a lot of lessons that you've taught me. And I gave you a shout out on, on stage at the last event that we were at together. Um, one of the things that you taught me that I still use 
weekly with my team is more isn't better. Better is better. What does that mean? Well, the first part of more is not always better. Better is better is that you may actually get a better outcome by doing a minimum standard of activity instead of the maximum. And so people are doing the most and getting nowhere. And so they're putting all this energy and effort and getting burnt out in a brick wall. And it's like, there might be a more clear path that requires less intensity, but more, but a more sustained effort over time. And so like it's setting the standard of what to expect of self that 1% of body weight loss per week, for example, well, if I could lose 24 pounds over the next 12 weeks and keep it off forever, wouldn't you say that that's actually better than losing 30 pounds in 30 days and then gaining it all back? So that's an, that's a real life practical scenario of more is not always better. Better is better. So losing more weight now is not, is not better than losing the weight and keeping it off forever. So that's what I mean by that. Dude, that's, and I think, so this is a real estate podcast, right? Um, But I'm going to, so I'm going to relate that to real estate. Like I had this, as, as I've learned this lesson through from Alex uh, or from Alec is I've, I've really really process this in multiple ways. And one of the things that I was thinking through is I had an agent, like I'm, I'm all about coaching people to do the activity as a real estate agent, right? Right now in this new market, we have to be new agents. We have to do a new, new standard of activity. Um, just like if you have a goal of fat loss, it's a new standard of activity that you need to, to do. It's the same thing in, in the real estate business. But I had an agent that was willing to do the work. They were making 300, 400 phone calls a day, but they got no results. So as I dove in, I would listen to some of their calls and their conversation went like, Hey, Alec, this is Matt. You want to buy a house? No. Okay. Thanks. And they go to the next one. And then they go to the next one. And they go to the next one. Right. And so I know that's an extreme example, but it really happened um, in my business. It really happened. What is, what in your life are you trying to do more of instead of trying to do better at? And I think that there's a big fluctuation with, especially with high performers, um, we fall into the trap of we can always do more. We can always do more. We can always do more, but more isn't always the answer. Sometimes it's it's more, better quality, more skill, a better plan. And so, what I would advise you guys listening here, if you if you want to take your health, your fitness, your wellness to another level, get with Alec. Reach out to him. I know he'd be willing to have a free free coaching discovery call with you to kind of dive into your journey, see how he can help. Um, you can find out more information on that at his website, which is cheplackwellness.com. Yep. Chatblackwellness.com. You can book a free discovery call. And guys, I, I highly recommend, I only bring proven on this. You know, you know how I operate. Um, I'm still coaching with Alec um, eight months later um, and I don't plan on stopping anytime soon. We're getting ready to go into fat loss phase number two. Um, most of you saw my journey and seen the results from fat loss phase one, just wait for number two. Uh, it's going to be way better because of all the stuff that we unpacked here. Um, and I hope this episode helped you guys take your wellness seriously, give you some value. And again, if you want to take it to the next level and you want to make sure 2024 is your best year ever, it starts with your health and your fitness. It starts with your wellness. Get with Alec. I'm confident that he can help you. Awesome. I have one last thing. Thank you for yeah, having me on. Uh, question to self in 2024. Matt's going to love this one. Do the people around you look at you like I want to be like them. And if they do, would you be proud if they became like you as well? 
It's a mic drop right there. I love it. Alec, thank you so much for your time, my friend. I appreciate you as always. I know that we gave some value and helped some people today. So I truly appreciate your time. Thank you, brother. Have a great day. Guys, um, as always, thank you for listening. This podcast is a movement to give back to this industry. If you found value from this, all that I ask is you share this with a friend. I know someone needs to hear this message from Alec. Share this with them. This, this is free coaching that Alec gave away for free. You don't have to coach with him. If you want to take it to the next level, coach with him. I promise you it's well worth it. But if nothing else, if you don't have the money right now, it's not a problem. This episode right here will get you on the right path. So share, share this with a friend. Let's help other people have 2024 be their best year ever. Thank you guys for listening. Appreciate it.